we are so blessed to have such an amazing um, worship team. Let's put our hands together for ITIs. Beautiful worship. God bless you so much. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Amen. God bless you for the multimedia, everybody. I am so excited every time I come to church. I get so excited. People see me outside of church and go, why are you so quiet? And that? But when you see me in church, radical and the cold, this is the place I want to be. Hallelujah. And I want to celebrate your life. Thank you so much for being an amazing lover of Jesus. And you know what? Your life will never be the same. Every time you come in the presence of God, you are always in addition. You are always in multiplication. Jesus never takes anything away from you. It is the world that drains you. Is the word that takes away. But Jesus, anytime he meets a person, he adds. Everything about Jesus is about addition. He never, it's a matter of, if Jesus takes something out of you, it means he wants to create something for you. Anytime Jesus takes anything from you, it means he wants to create something out of you, for you. You know, he, he took the rib of a man and the man was sleeping. Hey, my rib is missing, is missing. And then the man wakes up and sees this beautiful woman and says, hey, this is what I took out of you. I'm bringing it back to you. He looks at the woman and says, wow, the flesh of my flesh, the bone of my bone. Say, I took out of you and I'm bringing it back to you. Hallelujah. Anytime it takes whatever, he brings it back to you. I pray that it's going to be an amazing day in your life because God has got a word for you. Look at somebody and say, God has got a word for you. God has got a word for you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word that's about to come. I pray may your people not hear a man of God. It will not make a difference in your life. But may they hear the God of the man. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What an amazing time we had last week. Who was here last week? Were we blessed? Were you blessed? Hallelujah. What a powerful word by our sister Leslie. Let's put our hands together for God for her life. It was very powerful. Very, very powerful. Who remembers what she said? For the benefit of those that were not here. Who remembers what she said? What was the topic? Who? Knock out Jonathan? Don't knock out Jonathan. Knock out Adrian. Knock out... <laughs> He said, knock out evil thoughts. Knock them out. Knock them out. Knock them out. Don't play with them. Knock them out. You know, don't play with them. Knock them out. Don't give them time out. Knock them out. Evil thoughts. He says, let's knock them out. And we I pray that this is going to be something that we're going to just put into practice. Because thoughts will come. You can't control your thoughts. But you have to understand that how you allow it is the difference. It's like a bird. You cannot stop a bird from flying over your head. You, it's impossible. But just imagine the bird decides to build its nest on your head. The bird is flying over your head. You cannot allow that. The bird will fly over you. It's just flying. All of a sudden, the bird decides, you know what? I'm going to build my nest on your head. Would you allow that? That is what happens when we allow evil thoughts. We cannot, it will come though, but you have to not allow it to build its nest. As soon as the devil begins to build its nest, you know what? When the bird builds its nest, you know what happened next? It starts producing in the nest. So now thoughts begin to give birth to thoughts. 
it keeps going and thoughts begin to give birth to thoughts. You know what the Bible calls it? It says it's first conceived, then it's given birth. And then it begins to give birth. Thoughts begin to give birth. Do you know a person who met somebody, it all began to, from the conception, was first conceived, the thought incubated. Boom. Everything starts with thought. And there's so much power in thought. I've taught these lessons in VR, even in this church. You are a product of your thoughts. That's how life is. That is why the Bible says, as a man thinks, so he is. The moment you get control over your thoughts. But you got to understand we have the Holy Spirit. We have the mind of Christ. The prodigal son says, the moment he thought to himself, what am I doing here? He went back home. May you take control over your thoughts in Jesus' name. All right, so we've entered, as I said, into a new quarter. The quarter we've been dealing with a whole new theme, and the theme is faith. Before we were dealing with teamwork, unity, we are dealing with kingdom culture. The kingdom culture is a culture of unity. It's a culture of togetherness. Why? Because the Bible calls the body of Christ is the church. And when you talk about body, you realize something that is one, but it has many parts. Now, without the unity, without the collaboration, without all the collective effort of individual parts, this body cannot function. So is the church. We are one. That is why we got to understand and appreciate each other and value each other because we are uniquely created to fit perfectly in the body. So you are unique, my sister. You are unique, my brother. You are unique. You are unique. Everybody here can never be the same. You know when they catch criminals, you know how they identify them? Fingerprints. Why do they use fingerprints? There's no two people in this world that have the same fingerprints. It's not possible. So God in his wisdom has created everybody so unique. You are you. The moment you try to be somebody else, you've stepped out of your originality. You become a duplicator. God does not, you become a duplicate. God does not create duplicates. So the moment you find who you are, and in Christ Jesus has made you who you are, why are you like that? Your life is not by accident. The parents you came from, the background, nothing is by accident. God has wired you that way for a purpose. And the moment you discover that, you realize that, wow, nobody's like you. And God anoints you to fulfill that. So God brings us together in a body called the church. Now, why are we dealing with culture? Culture simply means the way we live, a way a group of people live. We live in this world and the world has taught us so many things about their culture. And every culture, as much as there's good things, bad things. And most of the time, when we come into the kingdom of God, you got to understand that it's a call to a whole new culture. It's a, a call to a whole new life. So let's say our culture has taught us division. Our culture has taught us hatred. Our culture has taught us, hey, you hit on somebody to go up, but you come to the kingdom of God and it's like, no, not here. This culture is all about, hey, there's no Peruvian, there's no Colombian, there's no Ghanaian, there's no Italian, there's nothing. We are all kingdom sons and daughters. That is the culture. You All of a sudden, your, your culture has taught you, you know what? If you hit me, I hit you back. 
And all of a sudden, you come into the kingdom of God and say, hey, you did this. He said, I forgive you. Why? Because Jesus is the one I'm learning from. There is a culture in the world that tells you, listen, you amount to nothing. You are useless. You are this and that. You come into the kingdom culture of God and say, who told you that? You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the head, not the tail. You are above, not beneath. All of a sudden, we begin to struggle. Why is that struggle? The struggle is because we are so used to hearing the world culture and the world, the way of life that we, this whole new thing is foreign to us because your whole life you, you've been hearing, you are useless, you amount to nothing, you don't speak good English or no, all that. That's what you've been told. You come into the church and all of a sudden you're hearing and saying, is this, can this be real? It sounds too good to be true. Hey, it is true because God's word is true. All of a sudden, you begin to get new perspective of life. The low self-esteem disappears. Lack of confidence disappears. Lack of courage disappears. Nobody now begins to control your life. But only one person controls your life. That is Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And that life is what we call the kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. The king our God the Father, Jesus the Son, and he's called us to be a cohort like siblings with him. Brothers and sisters, he is, Bible calls him our senior brother. As much as the senior brother, he's also our savior. Jesus is the one that we are following. He's the model of this whole kingdom culture. So this theme for this quarter is faith. So I started dealing with it and said, Pastor, the question is, okay, we live in this world. So now how can we embrace this new kingdom culture? How can we live this life? I began to share three pointers and I'm going to move on to the third one. But let me recap for a second. Number one, if you're going to leave this kingdom culture of Jesus, number one, you have to understand something. I'm still dealing with faith, but I'm laying the foundation. You have to get it in the mind. You have to purpose it in your heart that I am in here, but I am not of here. Can I say it again? Look at somebody and say, you are in here. Look at somebody and say, you are in here, but you are not of here. Very, very powerful. Jesus says, you are in here. He was praying to the Father and said, Father, I'm about to come to you now. I release them in your hands. Though I'm leaving them in this earth, they're going to be in here, but they're not of here. And I was giving you an example. You're from Colombia, Peru, wherever you're coming from, ladies and gentlemen, you are in here, but you know you are not of here. So you are in here, but we are not of here. What does that mean? you got to understand that the way you live should be different. It should be in line. It should be in sync with where you are coming from. It should be in line. It should be in sync in your culture of heaven. So though I am in this world, I don't operate according to the standard and the things of the world. I am in here, but I am not of here. you got to live with that consciousness and awareness throughout your life. When you begin to live like that, ladies and gentlemen, you don't only see this life as the end because you know you are on a journey you are in here but you are not of here you live life in the light of eternity you know that one day whether you are dead or God calls you home you know that you are in here but you are not of here why has he placed you here then so that you can make impact 
so you can transform, so you can change and then influence this world with the culture of heaven. So Jesus said the other day, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. What is that? Let the culture come. Let the culture of your kingdom come. Why? Because there's another kingdom here we are dealing with. It has its own king. It has its way of doing things. But Father, please, whilst we are here, the only thing we can do and pray is that let your kingdom come. Father says, yet yeah, my kingdom has come. Where is that kingdom? The kingdom is God is within you. So you are an embodiment and a walking kingdom. You cannot be influenced. You got to learn. People are watching your lifestyle. You know, people say, I am a radical Christian and all that. And people are making noise on social media. They're doing all that. You know what the world is looking after they've done all that? They are looking at the time when somebody steps on their toe. And they get angry and the world is like, oh, I don't want that. They're not interested. See, Christianity, the world is, they know that a child, child of God, the anger is not part of us. That frustration is not part of Those are the things they are looking for to change because the radical, they've got it. They've got that to be noisy. They've got it. What they don't have is that if somebody step on your toe, can you forgive them? If, if you are going through frustration, can you become and know that Jesus is at the center of it all? When you speak, can they see peace? Are you frustrated in life? Those are little things the world is looking for. And that is what draw them and say, hey, why you come? Why aren't you not angry? What? They come to us all the time. They're looking for those things. Simple things. So Jesus said, let your life shine. So number two, you've got to understand you are an ambassador. An ambassador is representing a whole country. So if you meet the Colombian ambassador, He's in Australia representing Colombia. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know where he gets his pay from? He doesn't get his pay from the Australian government. He gets his pay from Colombia. He's representing, he's, a, he's walking here representing a whole nation. You are here representing the whole kingdom of God. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what that means? It means God has got your back. It means the whole kingdom got your back. It means he's the one that will make sure you succeed. You're the one that will make sure you are victorious because God is the kingdom. He's the one that you represent his kingdom. He will supply all your needs, not according to the world's riches, but according to his glorious riches in heaven. He will preserve your life. He will protect you as long as you represent his kingdom. He will take care of you. Just as the nations take care of the ambassadors. You know, the Ghana ambassador, he lives in Canberra. He doesn't worry about, then let Australia economy do what, he doesn't worry himself about that. He knows Ghana government will get him covered. If something happens right now, they got him covered. You know why? Because he's an ambassador. You are an ambassador. Do you know who you are? You are very special to God. You are so powerful to God. You are not just here on this earth to occupy. Every day you have to wake up and look in the mirror and say, wow, I am an ambassador. I am an ambassador of Jesus. What is ambassador? A person who represents a kingdom, a nation, and you are representing God. You cannot fail. 
You cannot be worrying about where the next food is going to come from. Don't worry about how the visa will be approved, ladies and gentlemen. You know why God brought you from Colombia, Peru, wherever to Australia? To be an ambassador here. So when he has sent you here and you recognize that fact, ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you, he will supply. I'm telling you, the Ghana ambassador doesn't wake up and say, oh, what's going to happen? How am I going to stay here? Goes, he rings the Ghana person and says, Hey, these are things in front of me. Send the bill, send this, send that. That's what they do. It's the same thing. You've traveled from Colombia, you've traveled Peru, you travel from all over the nations of the world, and all of a sudden you are on a student visa. You are on visiting and say, Father, how can I move from here to permanent residence? How can I fulfill life? He says, Hey, you are an ambassador, you are representing me. I will make sure that I've got you covered. I will take care of you. Don't stress. Don't need to be paranoid. Don't just be what the world is doing. Just trust in me. Recognize that I have brought you in this year for a purpose. Be an ambassador. The moment you realize that you are an ambassador, life changes. Life begins to change a whole new perspective. So the third point where I want to continue from, if you want to live the kingdom culture, number, number one, make sure. What did I say? Who remembers what I said? Number one, you are in here, you're not of here. Number two, God bless you, Natalia. You, you're in the spirit. <laughs> you are an ambassador. Come on, let's put our hands together for her. Powerful. God bless you. <laughs> you are in here, not of here. In, not off. Ambassador. Number three. Make sure the love of the world is not in you. The love of this world, make sure that it is not in you. Let's go to First John 2, 15 to 17. Make sure the love, because when we remember, ambassador can come here, fall so much in love with the and he forgets what he's representing. We can fall so much in love with the world that we forget that, hey, we are representing the kingdom of God. First John 2, 15 to 7. Let's read it together. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world know the world. I want you to follow very carefully the culture of the world. For everything in the world, what are some of those things? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father. Comes not from the Father. Comes not from the Father. It doesn't come from the Father. Why? Because that's not his culture. That's not his kingdom culture. But from where? But from the world. <laughs> Verse 17. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. <laughs> the world and its desires. You know, one of the most powerful men that ever lived 
he made a statement. He said, when I die, I want you guys to stick my hands out of the coffins. And I want doctors to carry my coffin. He says, what does that mean? He says, the hands out of the coffin says, I came into this world with nothing. And I'm going to leave with nothing. Let the doctors carry my coffin to show them that, listen, this, they are doctors, but they are limited. They cannot save me at the point when I have to go. What is that, ladies and gentlemen? As long as we are in this world, we got to understand. We are representing God. We are doing our best. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, this world, whether you like it or not, is passing away. Whether you, be, you may choose to believe it or not, but that's what the Bible has said. Different religions will say different things. Jehovah's Witness will say, no, no, you will turn into paradise. You will be here. The Bible says, this earth, not only this earth, but its desires will pass away. But whoever does the will of the Father, whoever represents him and understands what we are, kingdom ambassadors, what do they do? They do the will of the one who has sent him. Jesus said, I came to do the will of my Father. We came to Australia to do the will of our Father. We are in Kemsi to do the will of our Father. Wherever we find ourselves, we are there to do the will of the Father. Why? Because we are here as ambassadors of a kingdom. We are here to infiltrate and influence this whole world with this kingdom and tell them, listen, though the world is passing away, but hold on, there is hope. There is another world. There is another place that does not know death. But that place is called heaven. That place there is no sickness. That place there is nothing like, you know, stress. That place there's nothing like depression. That place there's nothing like anxiety. That place is for everlasting joy. That is the place that we want to tell you about. Where is that place? That's the one I represent. Tell me more about it. How do I get there? There is a way. There is a way. There is a way. Who is the way? That way is not something. It's somebody. His name is Jesus. You want to know that way? His name is Jesus. Do I need to pay anything to get that? No, no, no. You don't need to pay. Do I need to do anything? You don't need to do anything. Why? Because he has finished it on the cross. He had paid the price. All you got to do is accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. And all of a sudden, you have access to that place. And know that though you live in this world, but though the world is passing away, you leave this world with hope, knowing that, hey, this place is my place of transit. It's not my place of destination. <laughs> Have you boarded a connecting flight before? When you, I don't know how you travel from Colombia to here, do you just, it does it come straight to Australia or you have to connect flights? Chile, wherever, okay. Just imagine, Carlos. You go to Chile, you were so excited. Wow, Chile and you again. Look at your, your passport visa and then all of a sudden you wake up, hey, I was going to go to Australia, what am I doing here? 
lost your flight, you've lost everything. It's like, Chile is transit. So when you get to transit, what do you do? You are attentive to your next connecting flight. You make friends in transit, whatever, but hey, I am, I am in here, but I'm here. I'm going to Australia, but so I got to be attentive. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is transit. We are only passing by. Some people have come and gone and they will continue with this like that. So what happens is this life is that do your best in life. Give all we don't. But remember, ladies and gentlemen, the earth will pass away. So he says, make sure you don't come and fall so much in love with this world and everything in this world. And he calls it last. Last of the flesh. You know everything that we, we desire for, everything we are so excited about, it's all about the last of the flesh. It's what the flesh wants. But what about the spirit? What does the spirit want? The spirit wants souls. This church filled up with souls. The spirit wants salvation. The spirit wants people moving from hell to heaven. And what does the spirit want? Yeah, the flesh says, I want that. I want this. I want that. Everything is the battle of the flesh. Your biggest battle is the last of the flesh. It's not the devil. It's the last of the flesh. How do I know that, pastor? <laughs> Jesus said to the disciples, hey, come with me. Come and pray. Come and pray with me. They get there and they are sleeping. And Jesus looks at them. But it's the devil that's not allowing me to play. It's not the devil. Jesus, we wanted to pray really. But the devil, the devil, let's cast him out. Jesus said, no, 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 this is not the devil. The spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So the enemy is your flesh, not the devil. We got to understand we are triune beings. This body carries spirit. The one that you feed grows. If you feed the flesh, it grows. If you feed the spirit man, the spirit man grows and subdues the flesh. That is why fasting is one of the most disciplined things in the Christian life. Because anytime you indulge in fasting, the flesh is, is, is dying. I need, I need, I need the last Please feed me. The spirit is like, no, 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 stay there. Stay there. Read the word of God. Eat the word of God because that's my food. Read it, read it, read it, read it, read it. You get in there. Prayer. Fast. Prayer. All of a sudden, you are winning battles. You are winning. You are becoming victorious. You are getting visions. And then, yeah, stay there. My flesh is, I don't like that. All of a sudden, it's just, okay. What's the time? Oh, I just started this fast. It's only one hour. Please. You open the fridge. It says, <laughs> Okay, Father, I'll go. I'll come back. I come back. You know, you go back again before you know. Say, hey, you know what? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you. Feed your spirit, man. You do you know who you are? You are not this body. You are this. You are a spirit. That is why when somebody begins to look at you from the flesh perspective and begin to define you. You don't need to fight with them because they, they don't know who you are. If people call you by names, they don't know who you are. All they are doing is looking at the flesh and calling you this and that. Listen, they don't know who you are. And that is why when Jesus meets a person, he calls them different and the person cannot even believe themselves. He looks at Peter and says, hey Peter, hey, you are the one. Peter, you are the, you are the one. I'm going to just, just, you know, empower to lead my chair. Peter said, me? Don't worry about it. I can't even speak. He said, you. He looks at Gideon and he said, hey Gideon, you are. 
I mean, man of Baylor. And he said, no, no, Jesus, you don't understand the tribe I'm coming from, the, my, my family background, my clan. He said, no, no, but you are. Why is that so? Because the Bible said, henceforth, we know no man after the flesh, but we know man after what? The spirit. So unless you deal with people from the spirit perspective, you miss them. You will miss that maybe you are dealing with your savior and you are treating them badly. You will miss them that that person that you are doing that way is the next person to connect you to your higher level. You've got no idea who you are dealing with. Unless God opens your eyes, ladies and gentlemen, you never see. That's why I'm so careful the way I treat people. Because every time I come around people, I get straight into the spirit. Say, Father, show me who they are. Straight away, I begin to get in prayers. And that's why I'm able to say, hey, you are a preacher. You are this and that. And I can't preach. And Lazy says, I can't preach. I said, Lazy, I don't know you after the flesh, but I know you as a spirit. And in the spirit, you are a powerful man, a woman of God. You go on to preach the gospel. Pastor, I can. I say, yeah, from the human perspective, you cannot. But I don't know you like that. In the spirit, I have prayed. I know who you are. You are a pastor. Go ahead and preach the gospel. She come and stand here. Everybody say, wow. Imagine if I relate to her by flesh. I'll miss that. You are so powerful. You got no idea who you are. The moment God begins to show you who you are, you realize, wow. How dare can I depend so much on this person to make me behave that way? The moment you discover, you see, when you don't know who you are, what happens is, you become like, you know, a remote control. Remote control is tiny. You, it doesn't matter the biggest TV you have. You see, as a matter of fact, the bigger the TVs are now, the smaller the remote controls are becoming. Have you noticed? The bigger they're making all this 85 inch, they are making the remote controls much smaller. Why? It doesn't matter how small it is. It can control the big thing. That's what happens. Some people... We have given certain people in our like life in our room, a room in our life, sorry, that they determine when to smile. They determine when to be happy. They de- Who occupies that space? That's what we call idol worship. As soon as a person detects people, if you make certain names and people like be so much, they are laughing. As soon as you call a particular name, they change their face because that person has probably hurt them. So that person is now holding control, something is in them connected to that head and it's, you're happy but why are you changing your face because that person has got you on their fingertip controlling you when to smile, when to be happy hey ladies and gentlemen there is only one in you the one in you called Jesus he's the one that says go ahead and smile, I smile because of Jesus I am happy because of Jesus I don't need to know anybody ladies and gentlemen, do you know why? moment you are connected to human being and your faith is in them they will make you disappointed all the time you are in this world don't love the world the last of the flesh the last of the eyes everything we see in this world is called the last of the eyes the enemy is very aware of that he knows what the eyes see that's what he's done all the time He's done that all the time. Look at Genesis. God said, don't touch this. The day you touch, you die. The enemy said, no problem. Let's do this. Hey, come, come. Did God say it really? God, did God really say don't touch it? Yeah, God said we shouldn't touch it. All of a sudden, he brings the eye in contact with the fruit. 
what does the Bible say? All, all of a sudden, it became pleasing to the eye. And when it was pleasing to the eye, what does that do? The mouth wants to taste it. So the Bible said, the woman took some. She ate it. Fall of man. Jesus comes to save man. Watch the same process. Say, so, okay, Jesus has fasted. Jesus has waited upon God. Forty days. The enemy comes. And Jesus, come with me. You know where he takes him? To the highest point where he can see everything. You know when you're at the highest point? You see everything. You get the best view. So he takes Jesus. And some, that's what he does to some of us sometimes. He says, oh, I'm going higher level. Another level. Oh, I'm going. I'm getting the enemy is taking you to the highest point. All of a sudden, he said to Jesus, look at this kingdom. The last of the eyes. So beautiful. Says to Jesus, you like what you see? If you worship me, I'll give you all these things. The last of the eyes. Jesus says, listen, I am in here, but I am not healthy. I'm not going to fall for your tricks. I am here representing an ambassador. You are talking about beautiful things. You don't know what beautiful thing is. Come to where I'm coming from. As a matter of fact, the gold that you are showing me is my carpet. I walk on gold in heaven. What are you talking about? So the enemy is looking at Jesus and saying, can't you see you don't like this? this uh, listen, what are you talking about? I know where I am coming from. And where I am coming from, the gold you want to give me as a matter of fact is a carpet. I walk on that. So he looked at Jesus. He tried everything. And you know what he did? He now brings Jesus. He couldn't win. And he goes to Jesus. Okay. The last thing I'm going to do is this. Jesus, you see this stone? Just turn it into bread. <laughs> the last. He knows that if Jesus turns that into bread, what happens next? I will be pleasing. And you will taste it. He says, man shall not live by bread alone. But live. By what? The word of God. It is written. 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 And Jesus began to quote the scripture. What is he talking about? He began to quote the code of heaven and his culture to him. The Bible says so he left him. He couldn't win. The pride of life. The biggest thing in life, ladies and gentlemen, is pride. You don't need a prophet to tell you who's going down. Anybody who's pride, you know, go pride is going down. It is, it is the ultimate law of God. It's the principle of God. The world says, aerodynamics says, whatever goes up must come down. That's the aerodynamics. Everything goes up, it will come down. But the law of Jesus says everything that goes down will come up. Everybody that humbled themselves and go down will come up. Can you see the world culture and the kingdom culture? The kingdom culture is a pride of life. Here is humility. Now who are we learning that from? Jesus is the strongest. Jesus is the biggest. Jesus had every right to be proud. When he came, listen to this. The Bible says he lowered himself to the lowest point, even to death 
Oh, and I love that scripture. And as a result, you know, when you read the scripture, they say, but God lifted him up because he's Jesus. God lifted him because he's his son. Jesus, he's Jesus. No. The place he's occupying, the name he's got, the power he's got, all was as a result of one thing. The Bible said, and because he lowered himself to the lowest, and therefore God lifted him. Gave him the name above every other name. Lifted him to the highest point. Why? It's depth for height in the kingdom. The lower, the higher you want to go, the lower you might be willing to go down. That is why in the kingdom of God, when you come with pride, over time you begin to change because that's not the kingdom culture. Because the world teaches us that. You know who I am? You know what I've got? You know what I can do? And all that. Say, hey, yes, you may be a judge out there. When you come into the kingdom of God, you're scrubbing the toilets in the house of God. You may be a lawyer, maybe doctor, whatever. You come in the house of God and you are leading worship. You may be a prime minister, whatever. You come in the house of God and you'll be a kiss teacher. It's a different thinking in the kingdom of God. It's a different concept in the kingdom of God. It's a different culture. And ladies and gentlemen, it's all about humility. I'm sharing this with you because I am a product of one. I know what humility does to a person. I know where humility will take you, where pride will not take you. If you humble yourself and willing to go down and say, Father, I am willing to do whatever you want me to do. Pride is all about I. How I feel like, how what I want to do. Pride will tell you, listen, how about what the kingdom of God is. You know why we wake up and do what we do here? It's humility because if it was about you, you would sleep. If it was about I, I would not wake up to come to rehearsals. If it was about I, I would turn up late. But listen to me, it's not about I. I am humble myself because I have a, a rock higher than I. And therefore that rock must be exalted. That is why even when I don't feel like it, I do because it's not I. It's not the lust of the flesh. It's not the pride of life. Ladies and gentlemen, with these three things, from next week now, I'm going to launch into the subject of faith. We're going to deal with what is faith. I've laid the foundation. Number one, if you want to leave this kingdom culture, as I go into faith, you've got to understand I am in here. I am not of here. I am a representative of God's kingdom. Number three, because you are in here, you are not of here. Don't come and fall in love with this world so much. You neglect the work of your father in the kingdom of God. Don't let the lust of the flesh take hold of you. Because the world culture is all about the lust of the flesh. Tell me anything in the world today I can associate it with the lust of the flesh. Tell me anything in the world I will associate it with the pride of life. Tell me anything in the world and I can tell you it's the lust of the eyes. These three things. Is what the enemy uses. If he doesn't get you through the last of the eye, he'll get you through the last of flesh. If he doesn't get you through, he'll get you through the pride of life. And these three things, as soon as you come into the kingdom of God, you kill it immediately. Because it's a different culture. And you say, you know what? The psalmist says, my eyes 
gaze at his holiness. My eyes gaze at his holiness. That is why Job made a covenant with his eyes. Job made a covenant. When I begin to get deeper into this thing, Job made a said, Father, he made a covenant that anything his eyes see because he knows what the eyes can get him into trouble. Many marriages that have collapsed, many people who have cheated in relationship, whatever, is all lying. The last of the eyes. They got their wife, they got their girls. Allah, that looks good too. For you know, trouble. But that one looks better than her. That one looks like, have you seen at work? See that girl? See that boy? Oh, she's bad. Lies of the eyes. The last of the flesh. Last of the flesh means you hardly pray. You will not read your Bible because these are things the flesh don't want it. I'm telling you this. The flesh is, have you wonder you pick up a Bible to read? You will stay on Matthew 1 1 for one hour. You come back, wake up, and still doing it. Pick up Facebook. Lord, when did she get married? Oh, look at what she's doing. Look at the eyelashes she's wearing. Oh my God, that's so fake. I have you seen this happening today. You can sit there for 10 hours. That's what the flesh wants. Let's pray. Zoom. Hey, how many hours? Let's one hour. Let's go to prayer meeting. Yes, yes. Are you praying? Pray, 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 pray. Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Before you know, issues are happening in your life. The devil is, is doing great things in the family, destroying things. Oh, because of this. But listen to me. We'll put on a movie. One movie finishes, you get your popcorn. And, hey, that's what's nice. Let's do it again. You go again, you go again. Call a friend. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Zoom call. You can talk. Hey, my credit's about to run out. Hold on, let me put my charger on. Let's call again. You can talk and talk and talk. Are you talking to God? Are you talking to the Holy Spirit? The flesh don't like these things. It's painful to wake up and pray. It's hard to read, but I pray this day you don't let the love of the world enter you. Because if anybody is in this, the Bible says it doesn't come from the Father. If it doesn't come from the Father, then you know where it comes from. The enemy. Pray against these three things. Father, help me, Holy Spirit. Let's stand up for a second. Lift up your voices right now and begin to pray and say, Father, I am in this world. But I don't want to love the world. Neither the, the, the and it desires. Because everything is passing away. Everything. Tell me whoever has big, built the biggest house in this world. Whoever got the biggest bank account. Ladies and gentlemen. You know, Steve, Steve, you know the Steve, what's his the guy that invented Apple? Steve Jobs. You think that he couldn't have paid any money for his whatever money could have saved him? He couldn't have afforded it. And all the money, one little cancer took the man out. Saw the best doctors. Saw everything. Left all the money behind. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. 
there is nothing living for and worth than the kingdom of God. Because everything will pass away. Everything in this desire. Does that mean you got Christians who are so extreme on the other side? Oh, but we're going to die anyway. So, I mean, what's the point of putting in effort? No, we're not. Please, I'm not encouraging laziness or mediocrity here. When you are here, you work hard. You put in your best effort. You plan life. You succeed. I'm not talking about go and put and cross your leg. Pastor said, hi, we are not in here. The world is passing away. What's the point of me going to work? Your landlord will kick you out. Your Your house will be repossessed. Don't come and tell me. Pray, pray. No, what are you doing? But you said that we are passing away, so therefore I don't need to work. I didn't say that. I'm talking about ladies and gentlemen. Understand and live life with a consciousness that, hey, as much as I'm doing my best in this life, give your best shot on this life. Work hard. Plan life. Give your best. Do you understand what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is, don't live as if everything is about here. Balance it. That is why these days people don't even have time for nothing concerning the work of God. Everything about them is something to do with the work. But ladies and gentlemen, there is one thing that matters. is the soul. This soul is crying and saying, hey, where are you placing me in eternity? When this life passes away, when I'm dead and gone, I want to be in that place where there's a everlasting joy. I want to live life with that consciousness. I am in here, but not of here. I'm here to represent him. Affect this world. I mean, the world, do not let the love of this world and anything in the world. He says, anybody that does that, the Father's love is not in them. We proclaim, wait, I'm a Christian. I go to church, but you love God. That's the difference. How do I know you love God? It's simple. It's right there. For everything in this world, if you love the Father, you do things that will please the Father. You will get, you will live life concerning yourself with his business, concerning yourself about the kingdom of God. Father, what can I do to help you? What can I do to, to build the church? What gifts can I offer? Because every gift that we have, guess who gave to us? God. Now just imagine, somebody, you have given somebody everything, and they are not using it to your benefit, but they're using it to benefit the one that didn't give it to them. How do you feel? So we are busy with the giftings and all that. People do the well. The Father said, hey, I gave you these gifts so he can benefit my kingdom. I gave you that voice so you can benefit my kingdom. I gave you the, the skills so you can benefit my kingdom. How can you let my kingdom be missing out and using it all out there when I created you with those gifts and purpose? The Father says, if anybody loves the will, the love of the Father obviously is growing. We are in here. Does that mean you hate people in the world? No, that's not what the scripture is saying. It said the things of the world. Love people. You know, whether people are Christians or not, God loves them just as he loves you. As much as he loves them even more because he wants them to come to his kingdom. You are already saved. But how about them? But the things of the world. Anything that is deviating your attention from the kingdom cause. Right now, let's pray and say, Father, right now, say it after me, Lord Jesus. 
I thank you for your word. This morning, I thank you for reminding me that I shouldn't love the world. For everything in this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from you, but from the world. The world and its desires are passing away. So therefore help me, therefore help me to do the will of God as long as I live in Jesus' name. Father, be glorified in Jesus' name. Maybe you are here and you are battling and you are struggling with any of these things. You are struggling with the last of the flesh, the last of the eyes. Why don't you commit yourself in the hands of God? Say, Father, this is my struggle. This is my struggle. Help me. This is my struggle. Help me. He's here to help you. Go ahead. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Talk to him. Let him help you. Let him help you. Let him help you. In Jesus' name. you to pray like this. Say, Father, let me live with the consciousness of the kingdom of God. Every step on the way, in whatever I'm doing in this world today, don't let me forget that, hey, I am in here, not of here. I am here for a purpose. I'm here to affect their lives, my language, my behavior. People are watching me. How are they being influenced? Am I influencing them towards the kingdom of God? Or am I following the world? What is the culture of the world when you go to work these days? If you are not Christian and you are not careful, you hear the F word, not the F faith word. I'm not the, Christianity has an F word, but it's called faith. But the world has an F word. You know what I'm talking about. Every second thing is like part of the language. F that F is a Before you know a Christian, you're before what? That's the culture. Hey! You have a break, let's go for smoke. Oh, hey, 10 minutes break. Let's go say, hey, Friday, what are you doing? Let's get the pops. That's the culture. Tell them, hey, I'm already high, man. I'm already high with Jesus. They say, I don't need that to make me high. I'm already high with Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm already drunk in the Holy Ghost. How can I be drunk again? Do you understand what I'm saying? I have food to eat that you don't understand. I'm already fed. I don't need to come there. Hey, my food is to eat the word of God. And if somebody dares look at you and say, you amount to nothing because you are not following us, laugh in their face and say, excuse me, I thank God that my life is not in your hands. My life is in the one who created me. I am connected to my creator. How can you tell me I amount to nothing? As a matter of fact, I'm about to surprise you because I know what I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know what I can do. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Failure is not in my vocabulary. Defeat is not my vocabulary. Giving up is not my vocabulary because he has not given up on me. And if you just give me some time and you are about to see me and you have the shock of your life, as a matter of fact, you are about to go for my autograph because God is preparing everything together for my good. Thank you for calling me that name. I forgive you because you don't know me. But if you knew me in the spirit, you realize you are talking to the next millionaire. You are talking to the next evangelist. You are talking 
talking to the next service. You are talking to the next business owner. You don't need me. You don't know me. So excuse me. Go ahead and call me whatever. Keep your opinion to yourself. But I know who I am. I know who I am in Jesus. I will succeed. I will get there. It will well with my soul. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter the background. It doesn't matter my family. It doesn't matter my education. He doesn't need education. He doesn't need to consult my background. All I need is the blood of Jesus that has paid my price. And he has said to me, go ahead. Because you can talk. Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Hey boss, but I work for you so long. How can you look at me in my face and fire me? You take the letter and you say, you know, it is well. God just wanted you to fire me so that I can get into my own business. Ooh, hallelujah. You didn't fire me. You just put me into my own business. Because God said, you be, that's not what I created you to do. It's enough. Go ahead and start your own. So go ahead and thank the boss that fired you. Go ahead and thank the boyfriend that left you. Go ahead and thank the girlfriend that left you. Why? Because God said, hey, I've given you something better. Uh, something new is coming to you. I came to prophesy to you. God is the one and he's telling you this morning to tell you. You are more than you think you are. You are more than you think you are. We are in this way. I was not watching Lion King yesterday. And every time I watch Lion King, it just, I love it. You just go and watch Lion King, okay? But watch it with a kingdom perspective. I'm telling you, it's all about the kingdom of God. The, 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 every, the lessons in there. You know when the, the babu, right, was trying to tell the little lion that, hey, your father is still alive. You, he's still... you know what he did? He took him to water near the river. He says, your father is alive. He said, where? He said, look in there. He goes, but that's my reflection. He says, yeah, exactly. Your father, he lives in you. As soon as he heard the word, my father, he lives in me. He went and said, I am Simba. I am the king of the blood. I am going back. The pig says, are you a king? I said, he's always been a king. He's sitting there to Akuna Matata. He's more than that. He is meant to rule a whole kingdom. I prophesy to you this morning, whatever you have become, God is moving you and saying, hey, it's enough of the Akuna Matata. Go back and start ruling. Go back and go ahead and become a champion. Go ahead and conquer nations. Go ahead and climb those mountains. You are a history maker. You are born to do this. Go ahead because there is a king in you there's a queen in you and you are going to stand tall look at yourself in the mirror and say the father he lives in me and I can do this in Jesus mighty name next time that you look yourself in the mirror don't look at yourself like you look at your mirror and say oh that is the father he lives in me who says that you are ugly? Who says that you are this? All these things that low self-esteem and all the things people are doing on social media, they don't even try to be themselves. You see a picture, you see them in real life and say, why are you trying to be like that? Because of all these things, pressure, pressure, ladies and gentlemen, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My father lives in me. I can do what he says I can. I will be what I want to pay because he has wired me with everything and I need to be me I need to be me 
to do this in Jesus' mighty name. Don't love this world and the things of this world. Father, I pray for your children right now. They are going home rejuvenated, fired up, excited because they've been reminded that Lord, the things of the world does not come from the Father. I pray right now. Empower them. Empower them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the living God. Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, look at me. Do you know me? You just got no idea. Oh no, tell them that you just don't know me. I am more than you think. Ah, oh, something is about to happen. You are looking at a kingdom conqueror. You are looking at a champion. You are, oh, come on, go ahead and tell him, tell him, tell him. You better get my autograph now before you have to line up, my God. You got to buy me lunch today before I get too busy for you. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm so excited. I get so excited. Please, let's quickly take our offering. Let's quickly take our offering. Are you, you have your offering? That is one of the ways we support the kingdom of God. That is one of the ways we, we, we show we love God by sowing into the kingdom of God. Hey, we know a thing about the kingdom of God. It's not about compulsion. It's not about force. Nothing is about the heart. Why? Knowing that your money is going towards a kingdom cause. Can we read Malachi 3? 10 Malachi 3, 10 says. Malachi 3 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. Watch this. Test me. Now he says, Now watch and see. If I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessings that there will be no room enough to store. Can I just tell you something? Don't ask God for money. Don't ask God and say, Father, give me my money. Tell God, God, open the floodgate of heaven. Open the heavens. If the heavens are open, the money follows. If the heavens are open, whatever you need will flow. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you by being obedient this morning. May you experience a floodgate blessing. May you experience an open door of heaven. In Jesus' name. Let me pray over your offering, ladies and gentlemen. You give those of you giving online. The bank account is on the on the screen. And please go ahead if you want to give electronically as well. God bless you. Let me pray about the tithes and offering. Father, we thank you so much for what you have done. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for opportunity to give. May we never lack in the name of Jesus. Ask for an open gate, open door, and the flat gate of heaven to open towards us and our finances. In the mighty name of Jesus. Be glorified, be magnified. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen and amen and amen.